Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Let them have it. Call the fan at 877-337-6666. Powered by Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com. Sleeping. Hi, Salicata here. We started the show talking about Zach Wilson and how I think everybody's nuts for giving up on him after one bad week. Look, I know it hasn't been pretty all you know the, all 18 games that Zach Wilson has started in his young NFL career. Here, he's dealt with some adversity. Obviously, been injured for you know a, a part of the first year, a part of this year, of course. Look, he's a young kid. He's going to make mistakes. What do you expect? I'm not saying it was a good game because it wasn't a good game, and he made some mistakes that were unacceptable. You can't be throwing the football the way that he did, lazily throwing it up for grabs in the middle of the field or thinking he's throwing it out of bounds but not getting anything on it and throwing it right to the Patriots defender, you know, throwing it downfield, floating the ball up there. Can't happen. But you can pick apart his game and his performance against New England, and obviously you could have major issues with what he said after the game and talking about his frustrations and throwing the ball away and doesn't want to be doing that. Yeah, nobody wants to throw the ball away. It is frustrating, but you have to do it to win. You think people want to punt? Punting's frustrating too, but you have to do it. It's part of the game. I mean, imagine a coach coming up after the game. Hey, coach, you went for it on fourth and 10 from your own 15 in the second quarter. Led to a game-changing score there. What were you thinking? Oh, I don't like to punt. It's frustrating having to punt. I don't want to go for it. Yeah, well, obviously, nobody wants to punt ever. But you have to do it. It's part of football. So nobody wants to throw the ball away, but you have to do it. Zach Wilson will learn. He has to. And if these coaches can't get through to him, then that's their problem as well. And I don't have faith or trust 100% in Robert Sala or LaFleur to, to know that Zach Wilson is getting the best coaching possible. Now, I'm not going to blame them on his stupid mistakes, but they, they do deserve some of it at least. Got to be able to get through to him and hold him accountable. Oh, and by the way, let's not forget, Robert Sala did hold himself accountable after the game and the special teams and the stupid penalty the or the big penalty by Franklin Myers. And it continues to happen. So it's not like the Jets lost that game just because of Zach Wilson. But this idea that all of a sudden the media and fans were frustrated and angry, and I get it, losing again, embarrassing to the Patriots and Bill Belichick, even without a real, you know, I was going to say without a real quarterback, but Mac Jones is, you know, they're trying to develop him. But coming off of what we saw on Monday Night Football against the Bears, everybody thought it was going to be a big party at MetLife on Sunday, and it was anything but. But to bury Zach Wilson the way that it is now, and to, to the point where Salah has to come out and say, Zach Wilson is our starter. Like, obviously he's the starter. 
Well, what do you mean? You're going to pull the plug after 18 career starts? That's it? Number two pick overall? That big of a bust? Come on now. Oh, Zach Wilson is a star and is not changing unless injury. Yeah, I'd hope. That's how ridiculous things have gotten, though. With the media making stuff up, oh, no, he's, he's not the guy. He can't be the guy. After one bad game. Now, he's got to respond here and come out and play smarter football moving forward. But he's got the rest of this year to prove, at least give you some thought about some progression, and he could be the guy. And I think he will be. I've seen enough to believe in his skill set. And this is not... Sam Darnold or Mark Sanchez or any other you know bust quarterback that you see early on, especially with the Jets. You could tell that he's got a very high ceiling. Top of the, I would say top five quarterback potential. Eventually. Not right now, obviously. And maybe not even next year. Eventually. You hope the dream would be the trajectory that Josh Allen was on because after year two you go back and watch Josh Allen 18 games through tell me what you think he was going to be he was fumbling the football over the place being reckless with it not only with the football but his body as well patience Zach has to have patience and we have to have patience with him I mean Yeah, and the other thing is the Jets aren't as good as everybody you're making them out to be. They're they're okay. Their defense is good. It's not great. It's not the 2000 Baltimore Ravens. It's not even the 2009-2010 Jets. They're okay. Room for improvement there as well. I think they're good. But it's not like this team is so dominant. And, oh, Zach Wilson's the one thing holding him back. Remember, too, they lost the key lineman in Vera Tucker. They lost their big playmaker in Hall. And yet now everybody's going to overlook that and just pinpoint the three interceptions and Zach Wilson being a knucklehead and wanting him out. I think that's classic overreaction. Maybe not even classic. It's asinine overreaction. Not saying, I mean, I do believe he's going to be the guy, but whether he's the guy or not, to to call it definitively one way or another now, I think that's just getting caught up in the emotions. 877-337-6666. We also discussed some Giants and Daniel Jones, a little Week 8 in the NFL, a little Kyrie Irving, and some hot stove with the Mets and the Yankees. So whatever's on your mind here, Going on 5 a.m. with the warm-up show with Alan Jerry. 877-337-6666. Brian is calling from Nanuet. What's up, Brian? Good morning, Sal. How are you today? Good morning, Brian. What's on your mind? Well, Sal, just wondering. You know, uh, they're moving in the right field at City Field for the Mets fan experience. Uh, do you think maybe it's to make a play for Aaron Judge? I'm not sure what his career numbers are in homers to right field. No. It definitely helps Nimmo and, McC- and McNeil. Yeah, I, I think if anything, it's more about what they have with their current team than Aaron Judge. The Mets are not going to go after Aaron Judge. Well, I'm glad to hear that because I know the rumor is, I think it was Colorado offered Nimmo the rumor $5 million, I'm sorry, $125 million for five years. <laughs> I mean, I'd like to see him back. Yeah, I mean, I'd like to see him back. Not at that number. And I get that he's going to get $100 bucks or over it. Uh, let him go. The, the Mets could do better than Brandon Nemo. I'm sorry. I, I like Brandon Nemo. I think he's a high-character guy. I think he's a solid baseball player, a solid offensive guy, and he improved defensively, certainly going back on balls. I, I think the Mets could do better than Brandon Nemo, though. And I know that there's not a great class out there as far as free agents go. You know what? Figure it out. I, I'm not paying Nemo. 125 million bucks or 140 million bucks. What, what what does he do that's so great? Just because everybody else isn't any good doesn't mean that I'm overpaying Brandon Nimmo. This is true. He's not. He's definitely not worth 100 and a quarter for five years. Well, I mean, I don't know what anybody's worth anymore. The numbers get out of control. And thanks for the call, Brian. I mean, the, the numbers are ridiculous. You're going to pay Diaz 100 million bucks to close for five years, and you can pay Nimmo 125 million. For five years, remember, Nimmo had injury problems as well. 
he's, to me, was a little disappointing offensively. And not just the pop, but I don't know. I'd like for him to at least excel in one area other than walking or having a good eye. Hey, you know what Nimmo does really well? He works the count. Fouls off a lot of pitches. Works the count. Yeah, that's nice. What about somebody who hits 300 and hits 25 homers? You have any of those guys out there? Nimmo's not fast. Or he's not, you know, not a base filler. He's not great on the base pass. He's not great in center field defensively. He made some great catches going back on balls, playing deep. He's not a great defensive center fielder. He's got no arm, and he doesn't come in on the balls well. There are weaknesses to his game. I'd rather have a guy that was a stud defensive center fielder. Even Kiermaier, I know he's out there. Uh, you're not going to get much offense from him, but at least you get a you know what you're getting defensively in center field. And then try to replace the offense in other spots, whether it be DH, whether it be in left field. You know, move Canna to the bench, go get a, a an everyday powerful left fielder or whatever. I mean, figure it out. Or how about you bring in Trey Turner and either play Turner at second base or center field? And who would you rather have if you could pick one? Now, I know the money's not going to be equal, but who would you rather have if you could pick one? Trey Turner or Brandon Nimmo? That's what I'm talking about. And Nimmo's not... Now, again, we'll see what type of money Trey Turner's going to get, but I'm just... And I know the Mets love Nimmo, but I'm just not going nuts overpaying for him. Eric is calling from Ron Conkham. What's up, Eric? Hey, Sal. I got a few things before you get to the jet point, so... First, first off, you have my permission to take off the go see Wakanda. I did hear that segment before, so that's. Uh, um, yeah, everybody was you, thinking of you. Yeah. I was getting a tweet about it, and Fleegs mentioned it, of <laughs> course. But once we mention Marvel, you're the guy that comes to their mind. Oh yeah, well I, well, I appreciate that. I mean, one of my, uh, one of my guys, John W, listens all the time. He he, he texted me. He's like, he's like, put it on. They're talking about you. I'm like, oh, geez, <laughs> but. Uh, uh, but you know, I, I do seem to recall that I had that movie. I think that was the last one on the list I gave you. So that's uh, which one? The original um, Black Panther? No, no, the one that's coming out. I think that's the last entry I put on your list oh. of, of 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 stuff on there. But uh, yeah. I try to keep it as up to date as as possible. But uh, how long ago did you give uh, me that um, list? Like two years ago? No, I, I gave you a, a recent one. Oh boy, I don't know. Maybe like four or five months ago. Yeah, I watched. Um, um, I watched on that list uh, zero movies. Yeah, right. Exactly. Right. Unfortunately, well, no, that's not true. You, you said you saw Black Panther. So well, I saw uh, a bunch of them, but I wanted to go back. The like, idea was I wanted to go back in oh, order. Well, and, yeah, and kind of watch them again. There's no chance. I don't understand what's happened well, in my I, life. I have no time to do anything anymore. I can't even watch. Well, you know, we I, mentioned before. <clears throat> I t- yeah, I know. Fleek is saying two full-time jobs. Dude, I guess. I mean, I barely, I barely have time <laughs> to sleep. But I, I do want to go back and watch some old movies. My wife never wants to watch the old stuff. Like, I'd love to rewatch Tommy Boy. I could use a, a laugh. I could use some levity in my life. I used to watch yeah. Seinfeld before bed. I don't do anything anymore. I don't do anything before bed. I go home. I'm like, I make it home safely, and then I pass out. Something's got to give. I, uh, trust me, I understand that. I'm actually starting my uh, my, my binge watching uh, from movie number one starting today. Which one, I Marvel? I three. Yeah, I figure if I do three a day, that'll lead me right up to... Uh, three a day? Dude! Oh, yeah. Yeah. What? Well, <sighs> well, that, well, that's one of the advantages I have of, of doing this job overnight. I get my days free, so... Three? Uh, You're going to watch but, three movies a day? Oh, yeah. It's, it's, it's not that hard. I, 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 I did... Uh, Aren't they two hours a pop? Uh, pretty much, yeah. Uh, well, how are you going to do yeah, that? I, what, what, what do you work? Eight-hour shifts? Ten-hour shifts? What? Um. Yeah, it's about 10 hours. All right, so we're looking at 16 hours right there. How long do you sleep for? Yeah. Uh, for the rest of the day. So. Yeah, all right. <laughs> Jeez. Look at you. I'm, I, I'm, I, the reason why I question yeah. this, of course, because I'm jealous. Well, I, I'll put it this way. I did the uh, – when they did the last marathon before the, uh, Endgame came out, I, I did those uh, couple of days there where they, they ran all the movies straight through, and I and I did that without a problem. So. Um. I need, you know what, I need I need a vacation for at least a week, maybe two weeks. And I'm not just talking about from work. 
I want a vacation from two jobs. My wife, not my daughter. I love my daughter. I can't ever say that. I, I feel even guilty joking around about it. But not my wife. My I need a vacation from my wife, my mother, my two jobs, everything. And I just want to sit there and watch movies nonstop. I like your idea, Eric. So, uh, okay, a couple of things. I hope Stuart's still listening because I'm more convinced than ever now. that. By, by the way, I don't know if Stuart knows that Rihanna, his favorite, uh, has a major song on the soundtrack for Wakanda Forever. So, oh. Um, yes. So he has to now get into the Marvel as well, which I will provide him a list. Uh, but anyway, um, but, you know, I'm more convinced now than ever that Judge is going to San Fran, and I'll tell you why. Because when, when Fleece said that if he signs after uh, January, it'll be 66 years since uh, San Fran moved, you know, mm-hmm. moved out, out west, Turn, flip over in 66, and what do you get? Ah, oh, 99, I like it. What do they call that? <laughs> I don't know what the word for that is, but yeah, there you go. Yeah, I, I, I know. Yeah, that's a, that's a teaser there. But yeah. uh, I mean, it, when I heard that, I'm like, oh, you got to be kidding me. That's, uh, yeah. But it, it, it's, it, <laughs> I saw that, and I'm like, well, there, there he goes. He's, he's going out there. But um, And plus, when you factor in Stewart, you take, you know, one from the six and one from the, you know, ju- judge's jersey number, <laughs> and now all of a that's sudden right. Stewart's in business. Yeah. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Uh, that's too funny. But, uh, you know, look, <clears throat> I hope you're right about Wilson. I, I really do, you know, as far as his potential. I mean, because I, I honestly, I can't remember, and I was never a huge fan of Chad Pennington, although he was probably their maybe best uh, potential quarterback, you know, as far as, but he never really had an arm. Uh, to, he was a very smart quarterback. But, I mean, none of these guys lasted long enough. I mean, you had, the, you had a couple of great years with, with uh, Sanchez, which I thoroughly enjoyed. But, again, it was more about the defense and the running game uh, and, and Rex, you know, than it was about him. And, and then it turned into a quick joke about him with the butt fumble and, and eating the hot dogs on the sideline and all that stuff. It was just, right. you know, I mean, you know, I, I loved it when Testaverde came in, but he was, he was a veteran. You know, uh, Brett Favre, you know, started off great. No, Wilson's Wilson's got a shot. He's the first legitimate, at least from my feel, he is the first guy that has a legitimate shot. I know we're so quick to bury everybody and, oh, my God, the first bad sign, this and that, and just rip everybody apart. This, to me, is extreme. And believe me, I'm usually first in line. Hey, who needs to be ripped? Let's do it. But this is extreme. Yeah. Right. I mean, it's it's not fair to do it. You know, and like you said, he has, I mean, he's only really just completed a full season of, of playing time, if you think about it. But, you know, as, but at the same time, I, I want to be able to, as a fan, experience an excellent quarterback. I mean, look at, look at some of these, you know, even just to get a taste of what some of these other teams have. I mean, Brady was in New England forever. Roethlisberger, you know, even Eli, you know, for the Giants. I mean, some of these quarterbacks, you know, to have a quarterback go five or six years with the with the Jets, it would be like an accomplishment. <laughs> right. I mean, forget really, five, forget five or six. Way. I mean, you'd yeah. settle for three or four. I mean, I, if right. you had two good ones, it'd be a miracle. Right. I mean, so that's. I mean, and and to be able to be productive with it and everything. I mean, that itself would be you know so so much more pleasurable. I think. And then hopefully it really turns into something, but uh, that's why I'm hoping you're right when when you say you see the, you know the yeah the, I believe in him. Uh, but the problem is Eric, and thank you for the call. As always, fun to talk to you. Appreciate checking in. the The problem is I believe in Zach Wilson. I don't, and and I like Robert Sala a lot. How could you not? His passion, his fiery personality, his bald, beautiful head. I love Robert Sala. I don't know if I love him as a head coach, and I don't know if I love him with this particular team. A team that, look, he's going to, I mean, the defense has been significantly improved from last year to this year. And the defense is the clear strength of this team. But we've been down this road before. This is like Rex 2.0. I don't want to call Salah that just yet. He's not as... Nuts as Rex as far as saying some crazy things and whatever. But I don't want a head coach who's not 
going to be in total control of the team. And if anything, in today's NFL, what has been the, the norm or what has been what, what most teams want? An offensive-minded head coach. I've never wanted one side of the ball. I want a true head coach. Now, maybe Salah could be that, but I don't trust that he hired LaFleur, his best buddy, to develop a rookie quarterback. That doesn't make much sense to me. I want a veteran, no nonsense, no questions about it. This guy knows how to get the most out of a young quarterback. That's what I would want. If it's not going to be with the head coach, then it better be with the offensive coordinator with experience. And they have neither. And I feel like Wilson in the right situation could be a stud. I don't know if this is the right situation. That's my hang-up. And the combination between maybe not being the right fit or the perfect system and Wilson still having to learn and grow and mature and have discipline, that's where that combination could potentially lead to bust. I'm hoping for the best, and I do believe in Wilson's ability. That's unquestioned, at least in my mind, based on what I've seen. Forget the numbers and all that stuff. I'm looking at a quarterback that, to me, the talent, even at the NFL level, is not watching somebody like Josh Rosen make big throws in the Pac-12 in college. This is the NFL level. We've seen it. It's only been 18 games, but we've seen glimpses of brilliance from Zach Wilson. Only few guys can do that. And the key is being able to put it together. That is something that he's yet to do and a ways away from doing so. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Go for it. Call the fan at 877-337-6666. Powered by Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com. Back on the fan, 877-337-6666 is the number to call. Going to 5 a.m., the warm-up show with Alan Jerry, whatever it is you want to discuss. I had one thing. I, I went over a couple of notes yesterday as far as, you know, the weekend stuff and hanging out at the Halloween party and doing all this stuff about uh, you know, being a dad, you know, having to live life as a dad. Well, one thing I didn't get to was um, – I just got distracted by text. Uh, one thing I didn't get to – was Friday night. Was it Friday night? Yeah, Friday night, I went to dinner with my wife and daughter. Now, my daughter's 18 months old, right? Little baby, whatever. Take her in the restaurant. It's like 7 o'clock at night, not that late. And we go in there, and we're hanging out and waiting for the table. And I tell my wife, oh, God, Friday night, pizza place, whatever. It's like some kind of Italian restaurant. I won't mention the name. But we are going there, and I knew that it was a bad idea right from the get-go on a Friday night. Turned out it wasn't awful, but you go in 20-minute wait. Okay, fine. We're sitting there. Now, 20-minute wait with an 18-month-old is not easy. She's got, you know, she's fussing. we got to put on Miss Rachel for her to make sure she's okay. I'm trying to hold her. My arms are getting tired. I put her in the seat at the bar and whatever. Some waiter comes over and starts going, oh, look at you, little baby, whatever he's saying. You know, as far as the baby, and he starts like touching my daughter's face, and I was taken aback by this. 
And I kind of shocked in the moment. Now, there are two options. One, to say nothing. Or two, to be like, yo, what the bleep are you doing? Like, what, what, what facet do you think that this is okay? And I was so shell-shocked. And you know me. I mean, I usually am not lost for words. And if I see something that's bothering me, I'm going to say it. But I was t- stunned. And I kind of, and now he didn't mean any harm by it, but he started like pinching her cheeks, whatever. And I'm like, I just felt like, what the hell are you doing? Like, I'm the dad. You, nobody else should be doing any of that. And then he leaves and I go to my wife, what the hell was that? She's like, oh, well, we've seen him before. I guess they go there after like the, the little gym class, whatever. And I'm still like, that that didn't sit right with me. And And then he comes by and does it again a little bit later you know tickling her a little bit and I just felt I was mad at myself for not saying anything I didn't want to cause any issue or create confrontation especially in a public place like that however I then after thinking about it was like well why am I worried about what he's gonna think as opposed to protecting my daughter and again I don't think anything was done with ill intent but I don't understand and then people are saying oh well what would you say in that spot and, you know, where you say, oh, oh, please don't touch. And I feel like that's weird. It's passive aggressive, right? Oh, please, no touching. It shouldn't have to be said. What I feel like saying in that spot is, yo, at what point in your life did you think that it was okay to touch somebody else's child? That's what I would say to him. Like, what, what gives you the, what is going on in your mind that makes you think it's okay to walk over to a stranger's child and just start pinching her cheeks or tickling her. Like, it's not okay. Now, of course, if I did say that, he'd, I'm sure, take offense to it, and I would naturally be the bad guy. You know, like when I try to get a point in on my own radio show and a caller takes offense to it. Oh, you let me talk here? You let me talk? Oh, oh, sorry. I, I apologize. As we had earlier in the show, check out the free Odyssey app for the fireworks. There's only three of them this morning. We're a little light today. And then you wonder why I let a little out here. Cause in public, I'm like, yeah, all right. Yeah. Tickle away. No, but I beat myself up about that. I hate myself for that. And I swore to my wife, never again. Confrontation or not, that cannot happen. But what gives people the right or think that they have the right? It, even innocently. Like, do you know, are you, we're not living in this society together? Do we not abide by the same rules? Do not touch other people's children, especially after a pandemic, but really never? And I'm the bad guy. 877 337 6666. Gino is calling from Virginia. What's up, Gino? Hey, Sam, I can take my call. How are now, you? Would it be in le- with it being leaked this week that Judge, that uh, Boone and Cashman are back, doesn't that just tell you the Yankees are done? They're not the old Yankees. They're not about winning. It's really discouraging to know that they're all about money now. Even Mariano said he would fire Boone. I mean, it's just an indication to me that I'm totally disgusted with it because they're no longer the Yankees that we once knew. It's all about money. How well, could they not make any changes? Well, what do you mean it's all about money? Explain to me. Well, what? Why are they not making changes? Well, what, but winning. what does that have to do to with be money? Because the new ownership really doesn't care about winning titles. They care about putting butts in the seats and, get, and keep the money flowing. Well, I mean, Brian Cashman has had success, obviously, and building a consistent winner is not easy. However, I agree with you that it's time for a change based on the lack of postseason success. And I also agree with you that the Yankees do not operate the way that they used to, the you know, the way that when they were winning all of the world championships. Yeah, they've lost their way. It's not they they're way out of it. Two oh nine, Sal. Two yeah. twenty oh nine, that's a long time ago. Yeah, even I don't know Mariano how you survive. Says, uh, even I, Mariano says he went fire judge, he went fire boom. Yeah, but he said he was taken out of context context with that. He was just saying that basically, you know, the with the disappointment because the Yankees are expected to win the World Series, 
Uh, maybe somebody asked him if he would move on. I forget what it was exactly that he said, but he did say he took it, it was taken out of context with him saying firing Boone. I think it was in general that there would be expectations to win. It wasn't specific to Aaron Boone. Right, right. But it's not to me it's uh, not on Boone. To me it's on Brian Cashman. Yeah, I agree. I totally agree. And be, and because Cashman's I mean, the one and, and thank you for the call, Gino, appreciate you checking in. Cashman's the one who has put this thing together. Cashman's the one that moved on from Joe Girardi to bring in Aaron Boone and then continued this you know, the 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 same type of players and the same type of philosophy and continues to stick to it. Banging his head against the wall, hoping one year he's going to break through. When the last time the Yankees won in 2009, they spent big. They had a payroll 50 million higher than the next best team, which was the Mets, I believe, at the time. Yankees right now third in payroll. I miss the Yankees I grew up hating. That when things went south, they would go out there and buy their way out of it, or at least attempt to. Well, it's not the case now. Not that they don't spend, but it's not win at all costs. And I do respect the consistency with sticking with Cashman and Boone. A certain part of me respects that. I thought last year, though, was the year to make the change. After a down year in the regular season. You know, remember, Brian Cashman has made key mistakes. He can be a great executive and a smart front office guy, and I think he is all the above. He could be desired if he ever hit the open market. Many teams would, would jump at him for his services. Understood. But he, it could also be time for change here. And he also made some terrible decisions. Crippling mistakes. Sticking with Gary Sanchez, moving Libertores to short, sticking with that. And this year, trading for Josh Donaldson and Kyner Falefa. I mean, you know, the list goes on and on and on. Now, there have been some great moves in there as well. Nobody's saying that there weren't. But to me, the negative moves cost the Yankees dearly. And it's the same stuff year after year after year. Clearly something is wrong with the philosophy of the Yankee hierarchy in front office right now. And they're trying to be the Rays when they should just be the Yankees because they used to be great at being the Yankees. Dwight is calling from Asbury Park. What's up, Dwight? Uh, yes, uh, you were talking about um, Matt before um you're not um you're having mistrust of him as a um, coordinator. Uh, how about Eric Bieniemy out in Kansas City? Would you take a shot at him? Well, no, I would not. Um, I want to go with an experienced guy. You're talking about Mike Lafleur with the Jets. Yeah, Mike Lafleur. Yeah, yeah, well, I'm saying Sala and Lafleur in general. I wouldn't want Bieniemy because he's and he would be another first time head coach. I mean, as far as an offensive coordinator. I mean, yeah, I mean, I guess he's got more of a track record than LaFleur. I was looking for somebody, though, with a, I don't know, more established track record. And I feel like, and I felt like this with Biennemi when they were talking about him for a head coaching job. I'm shocked that he didn't get one. And after all these years, something clearly was wrong with Biennemi and the way he was interviewing because he should have gotten a job by now with the success that Andy Reid has had with that offense and he continues to have. But I always looked at that team as Andy Reid's baby and Andy Reid's the offensive genius, not Biennemi. So I don't know if that's the best example of what I would be looking for. And by the way, I'm not looking to fire Mike LaFleur right now. I'm just saying that if you're going to have a rookie head coach and a rookie quarterback, I hate the idea of having a rookie offensive coordinator. I uh, I was uh, remembering that play by um, Franklin Myers, and I remember you were telling me that um, you blame um, Roger Goodell for all of these um, call these weak calls against the defenders and and um, handcuffing them. You're right about that because uh, he's the one that's um, making it hard for um, the, these defenders to do their job. Well, but Franklin Myers knows the rules. And this was not one like we saw on Monday Night Football a few weeks back. This was not one which I thought was one of the worst ones that I ever saw. This was not the one that we saw with Grady Jarrett and Tom Brady where it cost the Atlanta Falcons a chance to come back and win that game. This was not that where they got screwed because of a bad call. And a, 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 the rule we know is bad, but at least those were plays that should never have been called. I mean, 
you called 15 yards for tackling the quarterback. That's hard to do. This was a late hit. This deserved a penalty. This was a stupid play by Frank Myers. Has the league gone soft? Absolutely. I mean, nobody can dispute that. This play in particular, though, was a was a penalty. All right, sir. Thanks for taking my call. All right, you're making it, Dwight. I mean, the league has a a problem with it. These these calls impact the game. They change the game. But make no mistake, the ones that we just referenced, the Grady Jarrett one, the one on Monday Night Football, those were different. Those should not have been penalties. This should have been a penalty. This was a clear ball was out, extra step, launched at him, hit him. Can't do it. And that's why I say it's foolish to just blame Zach Wilson. No, same thing with Franklin Myers. The way that Zach Wilson could say, hey, it's frustrating throwing the ball away. Hate doing that. Frustrating. Well, you got to do it. Same way the coach could say, yeah, frustrating having a punt. Got to do it. Well, Franklin Myers and all defenders who get that close to the quarterback, it's frustrating being able to get that close to the quarterback and not being able to hit him. Well, guess what? You have to have the discipline to not do it. I get it. It's frustrating. You work hard, break through that line. You finally get there. You see some daylight. You want to hit him. Boom. He's on his back. Can't do it. Not if you want to win football games. And you hate to see it to the level that it's gotten because now you're going to, it's it's clearly messing with guys' heads. And has been for years. But it's only getting worse. And now you're going to have guys be more conservative than aggressive. Hard to sell that to a defensive football player. Think about what we're talking about here. By nature, these guys are aggressive. And now you're going to have to tell them to let up a little bit. Hey, you can get close to them. Just don't knock them down. Or when you do, be very gentle. And make sure you don't hit them anywhere near late. I mean, there's too many things. Instead of reacting, you're thinking. And when you start thinking as an athlete, you're in trouble. Oh, should I hit him? You saw the the most famous example, at least in my memory, was Matthias Kiwanuka back in, was it 2006? Giants and Titans with Vince Young. Kiwanuka thought he he had it. Vince Young wrapped around the waist, but he let him out of the grass because he didn't want to get called for a penalty, probably because Tom Coughlin was going to bench him or cut him if he did. And what happens? He lets him go. Vince Young escapes and makes a big play. That was the first example of it and probably the most prominent one. At least in my mind. Your official station to talk Yankees. The Fan, 1019 FM and always live on the free Odyssey app. Download it today. Kind of back on the fan, 877-337-6666 is the number to call going to 5 a.m. The warm-up show with Alan Jerry here. Then I didn't see Jerry today. Uh, is he here? Do we know Fleeks for sure? Or is it CeeLo today? No, I didn't see Jerry when I went out there. Usually he's out there at uh, at 4. But anyway, uh, yeah, let's just say it's Jerry. What the hell? Um, hold you know on. what? Jerry wasn't feeling great yesterday, and I heard them talking about whether or not he should be working from home. Oh, really? So maybe Jerry's working from home today. Hmm. I noticed Evan was working from home yesterday as well. Interesting. I mean, stuff people get away with around here. It is remarkable. Afternoon drive and working from home. And dressing up in costume while doing the show. Hmm. Interesting. I'll keep my mouth shut. Just observing. 877-337-6666. Greg is calling from Jamaica. What's up, Greg? Hey, what's going on, Sal? So, echoing what you were saying about Franklin Meyer, like when when I was watching the game, I don't know if you even noticed this. At the end of the game, he hit him again. He did the same exact thing where he pushed him. He didn't get called for it, but it's like he has seven penalties, I think, in his career, and four of them are for roughing the passer. 
and his his attitude is still I'm going to go at full speed. That's what right. I'm going to do. Like, is anybody training this guy or coaching this guy? What? <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, I, it can't keep happening. It's the same thing yeah, over no, and over it's again. It's co- it costs them the game. I mean, it can't keep happening. I know. So that's part All of the right, point, thanks. right? Like, why would you, and thank you for the call, Greg. Why would we blame, and, and look, Salah did say, I loved his quotes after the game. He did say it's not just the quarterback, or it's not just the three interceptions. It's also the special teams, which were atrocious. Everybody could have been a little bit better. It's also the penalty, which can't be had in that spot with Frank Lamars. And you're right. This is a repeated offense here. Jets have been doing this for a couple of years. I mean, really more than that. But, you know, under Sala here, we're trying to judge them a little differently with a new regime. And part of judging the head coach is the discipline or lack thereof of his team. It's a very... Delicate balance, though. I'm not going to rip Sala for coaching guys hard. You want them to get play, you want them to play physical and play fast and all that stuff. But at some point, Frank Lamars has to actually get it, and that to me was an egregious one. It was after the fact. Pull up, show a little re- restraint there, <clears throat> and he wasn't able to do that. And it was a costly one. Would we be talking about it if it weren't a pick six? Probably. Talking about it, but not as big of a deal. It should have been a pick six. Mac Jones threw the interception. It was taken back to the house. 17-3. End of story. But no, Frank Lamars can't control himself. He's just as guilty as Zach Wilson. Chris is calling from Manhattan. Chris? Hey, Sal. Good to talk to you. Thanks for taking my call. Uh, I listen to you a lot. It's first time uh, speaking to you. So, with the Yankees, I, I agree. You know, it's not Boone's fault. You know, with the players. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, if, if you don't hustle, right, Donaldson, right? And, and, and then you say, oh, well, I, I got to see the play, um, you know, with the home run, right? I, I got to see the play. <laughs> he, you know, it's frustrating. I'm, you don't have to get on his face like Billy Martin did with Reggie Jackson, right? But but can you at least acknowledge that, you know, hey, we got to talk about it? Or, or, or you know, Buck would have would have said, hey, you know, he would have. He would have at least acknowledged that 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 he that he should have known better. And I don't agree with Boone with that. It's not his fault, right? But at the very least, come on. And so that's frustrating. And and the philosophy, yeah, it's different. It's a different, you know. Uh, well, you don't know though, Boone. See, the difference is, and I don't know if Buck would have said this publicly either. But the difference is, Boone. Since he has been here, since day one. Now, remember, this is by design. This is not an accident. That Boone is the complete opposite of Joe Girardi. Joe Girardi would, would well, he'd go out there and call the player out in front of the media, which is part of the reason why Brian Cashman and company wanted to move on. They wanted the, a manager that's going to love players and coddle players. Well, they got it with Aaron Boone. Now, I don't know what happens behind closed doors, but we know out front and center, Aaron Boone is an apologist for his players. Maybe he holds them accountable in the clubhouse, in the dugout, but he does not hold them accountable in front of the media. Garrett Cole could get lit up for six runs in the second inning, and Boone says, well, I thought Garrett was good tonight. I thought he had good Ooh. stuff tonight. Yeah. No, yeah, it's crazy. And by but, the way, Donaldson, he can sit there and say, oh, this guy's going to get it going. Forget about him not hustling. How about him not hitting? How about him just sucking overall? And that's yeah. just acceptable. Oh, we're going to run him out there. He's our third baseman. All right. But, if you but, say but, so, good luck. To, to me, it's been bad decision after bad decision after 2017. If Girardi gets you to almost to the promised time when you weren't expected, why why switch it up? There's no reason to change it. Right, but here's the... Uh, now, I'm with you. I thought it was wrong to move on from Joe Girardi wrong. after that year. They had already made the decision before that year that that was it for Girardi. And then they exceeded all expectations. The Yankees were ready for rebuild mode. That was year one of the rebuild. They were ready. They were going to let Girardi's contract run out. They assumed they were going to miss the playoffs and fail, and then they were going to make the easy transition and go hire Aaron Boone. And they made the postseason, and they went on a run in the postseason. So that kind of messed everything up, which is why it's rare to see somebody get fired or not re-signed or brought back after getting to Game 7 of the ALCS. And that's exactly what happened because they made their minds up. And they, by design, wanted to go with Aaron Boone. Now, the argument against Joe Girardi and making it look like the Yankees made the right move, look what happened with the Phillies. Right. I mean, Girardi was there. He couldn't get anything going. They fired Girardi. All of a sudden, they take off. Robbie Thompson gets him to the World Series. I mean, it's remarkable. Yeah. 
So, so I, I want. Go ahead. W- one last thing, Sal. Mm-hmm. I I live in Manhattan. Okay. And I was hearing you with the phantom with the, with the phantom. Uh, what, what's it? The roulette? Uh, the mailbox roulette? Yeah, I, with getting I, the tickets I, in the mail. Let me, t- let me tell you, if you are under thirty five, you don't get the flash of the camera. It's 30, 30, 35 is the trigger. Every ticket that I've gotten, 36, 36, 36. Hmm. I, I'm not sure. I thought I had one 30, that was. Now you're talking about you in, a, in a 30 or in a 25. In a 20, you you have 10 you have 10 miles an hour of a threshold where it triggers the camera. So if it's 25, do 33, 32. I do cruise control sometimes. I'm 33, just to not nothing. You know, just to not like accidentally go over by accident because sometimes you don't realize that and, you're going and you haven't got one under 30 or under never, 36 if, i guess it was 25 do like 33 i'm telling you i live in manhattan and i drive in manhattan right. and, but and what about 35 can i do 35 you can do 35 the moment you do 36 you're done see i thought i got one that was 32 in a 25 but i could be mistaken i just ripped it up in frustration yeah, after i paid no, for no. it i'm telling you it, you had 10 miles an hour and it, I, I'm telling you, I do I do cruise control. What about like school 30, zone? 30, 30. Are you talking about school zone too? Or are you talking about sometimes just school? Sometimes school zones are twenty, so you got to oh, be careful. Oh, maybe that's what it was. Maybe sometimes I was doing. It, it could be, yeah. Sometimes they're twenty, so when they're twenty, you got to go thirty. Hey, either way, and, and this, you know what? This brings us full circle, Chris. And thank you for the call. And this is funny how it all works out. Either way, I have been showing restraint and discipline. Nobody wants to go 20 miles an hour or 25 miles an hour. It's no fun going 25 miles an hour. Right, Zach? It's no fun going 25 miles an hour. But guess what? I do it because I was tired of getting those damn tickets in the mail. So nobody likes throwing the football out of bounds. But you're going to do it because you don't like throwing three interceptions a game. Franklin Myers as well. Nobody likes getting the 15-yard penalties. Costing his team. You'd rather hit the quarterback. You don't like pulling up. You got to do it. So you stop getting those flags. It really is mailbox roulette. I'll go home this morning. I'm sure my wife didn't get the mail. I'll get home at 6 a.m. Hopefully, knock on wood. Although with the rain, I'll probably get home at 630 because you know how that is. Nobody wants to move when there's rain. Oh, there's a little puddle I can't see. Anyway, so whenever it is that I get home, I'll check the mailbox, and it's just the gut instinct or the 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 gut feeling reaction. I'm checking for one of those tickets. Because even as disciplined as you can be, I mean, interceptions are bound to happen. Eventually, I'm going to go over. But for now, since we last discussed, since I became aware of it after I got the flood of five or six of them at once in the mailbox, you know, in the Span of two weeks, boom, 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 boom. It's calmed down now. Zach Wilson can learn from me. Discipline. Keep the keep the foot on the gas, but only go 25 miles an hour or 30 miles an hour. And with Wilson, obviously you want him to put the foot on the gas a little bit more than that, but you get the point. Be disciplined, and although it's no fun to throw the ball away, it is fun to win and not throw interceptions. So show some damn discipline and live to play another down. It's really not that difficult. Plenty of guys before you have done it. I mean, talk to one of them. Somebody should be able to help you out. If not Mike LaFleur, somebody should be able to help you out and let you understand that that's not okay. And you know what the worst part for Wilson is? One of the interceptions, he was actually throwing the ball away. He just didn't throw the ball away enough, which is hard to fathom. You made the right decision to throw it away. Throw it away. Fire that bleeping pig skin. Throw that thing in the third row. I believe in Wilson, though. And I do think he'll get it turned around. And maybe they surprise some people this weekend. It's always typical. The game you're going into where you feel like, oh, well, there's no chance. This is a squash game from the get-go. 
This is the one game on the schedule that you knew the Jets had no chance. Hey, crazier things have happened. Division game, good defense. We'll see how good that defense is this week. This will be the test. Jet fans want to talk about that defense being great, being the strength of this team. Go out there and slow down. I'm not even saying shut down. Slow down the Bills this weekend. You do that, then maybe you're on your way to becoming a great defense in this league. See, that's what the 2009-2010 Jets did. They shut down the top opponents. That defense won them games. You knew that defense was going to be a problem. I don't care who they were going against. We're not there yet with this team. We'll find out. Not going to be a better test for them this Sunday, thank God. Not going to be a better test for them this Sunday than this Sunday. Going up against the Bills. And you know what's great? We have how many more days? Wednesday, Thursday. We have three more days to talk about it. Uh, It's going to do it for us. Mercifully, the show has come to an end. Thanks to Fleegs, as always, for all his help. Thanks to everybody who called and listened. Uh, Even those other two or three clowns that called earlier. Thank you. I appreciate listening. We do appreciate the support. All right, we'll be back on tonight. I think we're on at 2 a.m., if I'm not mistaken, on the Wednesday morning. Enjoy the rest of your Tuesday, the warm-up show with Al and Jerry. That's coming up next. We'll see you tomorrow, too. Sports Radio 101.9 FM. FM. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.